Hello there and welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I'm so glad you joined me. It's been a while, uh, probably the longest I've been without recording a podcast in over a year. And you'd think uh, being stuck in the house, I'd have more time, but I don't. So this is what we got though. (laughs) And maybe it's a I can't say it's a lack of inspiration. It's just been my mind and my heart filled with a whole lot going on, I think, like a lot of people. So uh, I am taking time tonight to record this because I had a lot on my heart and mind. Uh, Today's podcast episode is called Confessions of a Quarantine Woman. So I hope I make you laugh a little. Hopefully you can relate to some of it. And hopefully I will also encourage you. And I usually start out my podcast with pod quotes, or that's what I call them, pod quotes. And my quote tonight is pretty simple. It is from Luke 6, 31. As you wish others would do for you, so do for them. Pretty simple, as my mother-in-law used to say. Pretty is as pretty does. I think we've heard that before in a movie once. Uh, But she said it long before they did in the movie. (laughs) Um, All right, so... This is kind of an unexpected podcast of sorts. Not that I didn't know I was going to record a podcast, but the topic is a little unexpected. But that's how the Holy Spirit works with me, and most of the time I love it. I set out two different times to write a podcast um, with different ideas because I've been flooded with all of these ideas. So I've lots of notes taken on them, and a lot of times I just write an outline, sometimes I write a little bit more, and I will get around to recording those eventually, but today, okay, today God just kind of sidelined me, uh, as he has done throughout the last week, um, while I was out driving to run a brief errand, and searching for toilet paper, no less, Um, so I could not get this title, Confessions of a Quarantine Woman, out of my mind, so here it is. I'm going to share it with you today. Let me start out, though, with my first confession. I absolutely 100% confess that through this period of social distancing, quarantining, lockdown, whatever it is that you want to call it, that has swept the globe, I have indeed been on the, oh no, what if I can't buy toilet paper bandwagon. (laughs) No, I wasn't at first when all of this started because I tend to stock up anyhow it's just how I was raised and how I preferred shop I don't really love 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 to shop so I'd rather make sure I have a month to six weeks supply of pretty much anything that I need usually anyhow however when all this COVID craziness ensued I only had two four packs of toilet paper on hand I had been sick earlier in the year and I didn't go shopping for several weeks several weeks and so I hadn't taken the time to stock back up. Now, I do realize there are people hoarding things. It seems there was a run on toilet paper. (laughs) Toilet paper pun intended. (laughs) Anyway, I confess that I don't get why someone, though, might want to hoard 2,000 rolls of toilet paper for personal use. And I know everybody's been joking about it and we've heard about it a thousand times. But I also wonder if these same people have bothered to hoard 50 boxes of Imodium. Because, you know, if you need that much toilet paper. But I'm also keenly aware of an idea or a fact, I think, um, that I haven't heard anyone else speak of. And that is that toilet paper, paper towels, um, and even some food items that initially flew off the shelves, I think were bought up out of ignorance. Because, really, 
friends, think about our society. Most, though not all, households have one or two parents who have jobs, kids involved in school and adults involved in school or, or and after school activities. So we are usually on the go, go, go. Again, another toilet paper pun intended. <laughs> I have toilet paper on the brain. Um, anyway, our mainstream society tends to go, like also go, but not go at home for about 10 to 12 waking hours of the day. So yes, I actually sat and pondered the bathroom habits of our society when I was thinking about this toilet paper issue. That means that we utilized the facilities on an average daily basis someplace other than our own homes for most of our waking hours throughout the week, right? A lot of families are gone from their homes 10 to 12 hours a day and then sleeping anywhere from seven to eight hours a day, or for some of us, only five. <laughs> but so how do you plan for the bathroom use of a family of five in a lockdown situation when you have no idea how much toilet paper, food, and other household products it actually takes to support your family of five if they were home all the time? Back in the good old days of log cabins, outhouses, and making do, or making do-do, whatever you want to call it, they knew how many corn cobs and leaves it took to stock the outhouse because they were there all the time. But this on-the-go, never-stop, rarely-pause culture we live in caused a toilet paper frenzy to set in. Bye, bye, bye became everyone's motto. Well, not everyone's, but a lot of people's hoard it all and then hopefully families will have paid attention and understand now just how much of what goes in their bodies and how much actually comes out that they need to take care of. So amongst the true hysteria and evil toilet paper mongers that are out there, I believe your average everyday paper product buyers were just buying up because they had no idea how much toilet paper their tushies actually needed. Okay, so this is my take on toilet paper gate, which brings me back to my first confession. I panicked. You see, I, I need a particular brand of toilet paper. Yes, I say need, not want. I have celiac, which is a real honest-to-goodness drug me up and shoot me with an EpiPen if I get too much gluten, gluten allergy. And for those who don't know, most toilet papers are made with gluten. A lot of paper products in general are made with wheat products in them. So I have to be careful. When I couldn't find this brand, oh my word, my tushy kind of puckered a little bit. I thought, oh boy, I am not using leaves. I'd No, with my luck, I'd grab some poison oak out of the yard. But all is well. Things have calmed down. Uh, I found some toilet paper, some proper uh, allergen-free toilet paper, and friends found some for me. So all's good here in case you were worried. <laughs> However, I do confess that I got to the point that I was considering which articles of clothing I could cut up into strips to use for toilet paper if I couldn't find my brand. So, well, that's not exactly true. Let me clarify. I was actually considering which of my husband's shirts to cut up, not mine. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. All right. <laughs> Let me clarify that even though this podcast is titled Confessions of a Quarantined Woman, I have not technically been officially quarantined. I'm just like most of the population in the world and following the social distancing rules, suggestions, and semi-quarantining. Certainly not as strict and confined as some people in other parts of the state or the globe have had to be or are being told to be, but restricted and constricted in many ways nonetheless. And as I thought about being quarantined or separated and even 
really, even eyed suspiciously, if I dare to go out in the community, I realize that we are not the only men and women in history to live this way, by choice or not, due to virus or not, but also due to social prejudices, cultural expectations, fear. And so I will go into more of that in a minute and how confessions of a quarantine woman kind of washed over me. But as for continuing to my to share my own list of confessions with you, I must confess that I have played out some dramatic scenarios in my head as I have dealt with my quarantine brain. That's what I'm calling it, quarantine brain. I don't normally do this because it's dangerous. I have to sometimes repeat to myself over and over again, no scenarios, no scenarios, because it helps my brain to stop going down a rabbit hole, especially when I'm stressed and my brain wants me to create a whole even more stressful scenario in my head than what my reality is right in front of me. My brain tends to want to fill with negative and fearful thoughts at times. What about yours? Have you ever done that? I mean, can you relate? I, I mean, sometimes I have the tendency to replay a list of what ifs and oh no's in my head over and over again and play out some worrisome scenario that never ever happened and probably has a snowball's chance in heck of coming to fruition anyhow. But at times I just can't seem to help myself. It's something I really have to fight. Have you ever done that? Create a whole additional layer of stress and worry in your life? You keep saying you won't do it, but your brain keeps going there anyhow. Yeah, I've done similar. And another confession, I guess, of sorts I'm sharing with you right now, I suppose, is that I used to be too good at doing this scenario thing in my head, and it set me into a serious pattern of constant worry. I worried so much time away when I was younger, wasted time. And most of it never even came to fruition and I would just work myself up. So now I work hard to tell myself no scenarios. Every time my brain tries to play out these kinds of little angry, worried, pity party scenarios in my head. But again, I confess I have let my quarantine brain wander this past couple of weeks. And I mean, this is where my thoughts have gone. Like what if I personally ran into that woman or someone similar who has 16 kids and she puts that sign on her grocery cart that says, I'm not hoarding. I promise I just have 16 kids. Have you seen these people on social media? First off, no one should have to justify what they're doing and what they're purchasing in a grocery store for the most part. Sure. If she had six huge packs of my gluten-free toilet paper and I didn't have anything, I might say something to her or ask her if I could swap with with her and give her one of the ones that's not gluten-free so I could have a gluten-free one. I might do that. But people were actually harassing her in the store. So she felt compelled to come in bearing a sign to put on all of her shopping carts. I mean, come on. This is where my scenarios kick in. I see a real life situation like this and my brain takes off into the, oh, I wish I could do this. Or I might do that if I were in that situation. Or what if this happened? Or what if that happened? Again, typically a dangerous place for my brain to go. In this scenario though, that I went over in my head, I'd have to yell at some people in the stores and tell them to back off this woman because it's not really their business and it's not their business to say something nasty to her. So that she would have to share that she has 16 kids. Not, I'm sure she's not embarrassed that she has 16 kids. For whatever reason, she has 16 kids. Quit giving her a hard time for caring for her 16 kids. Instead, be thankful that she's out there shopping for them. 
But instead, what I'd do, I'll just be honest with you, this is where my brain went. If I saw this woman with 16 kids, I wouldn't say anything negative to her. I'd probably go and get 10 packs of condoms and slip them into her cart along with some garlic sauce and Limburger's stinky cheese and remove the massage oil if it was in there. But I mean, come on, that's more helpful in the long run to society than getting mad because she's feeding and taking care of the kids she already has, right? That was bad, I know, but that's really where my brain went. Again, not a good scenario. Not really, because for all I know, those 16 kids could be adopted. And even if they aren't, it's still none of my business how they got there. I just think somehow, maybe she doesn't know how that's happening. <laughs> Again, just thankful that she takes care of her children. And I confess, there are some other people I'd like to yell at. Like this lady I saw in the dollar store the other day. She knows the clerk well, apparently, because they were having one heck of a conversation as she was checking out. Uh, and the clerk let her buy extra of everything. Even though there are signs out there stating certain products can only be purchased in limited quantity, we must share folks we're supposed to share with each other and so I played out this scenario in my head as I'm standing there in the checkout and, and as if I was going to get in her face which I didn't but this is the scenario that was in my head yes that was indeed um not so Christ-like for me to go down that road and so I'm taking it to the Lord but again my quarantine brain just went there not an excuse I let it um I kind of enjoyed it for a little bit I'm just gonna let you know <laughs> Because this is the scenario. I could see it play out so clearly in my head. I would, I, I wanted to start shouting at her. Hey, do you really need a 10 pack pack of bounty paper towels and five packs of napkins? I know you. And I did. I know who she was. I know you. You've got two dogs and one husband. What is up with you? Do you have... Uh, kitchen towels in your kitchen and a way to do laundry. I know you do. You don't need all those paper towels. I see how clean your clothes are, lady. What? <laughs> what did you just call me? No, I will not stop raising my voice. I'm shouting because I'm social distancing myself from you. That's why. This is how loud I need to be so you can clearly hear me from six feet away. What? Don't thank me for social distancing. I'm mad at you. And don't change the subject. You know you don't need all those paper towels at once. I know you're married too. I've seen him. He's a mess. So you go get put those back right now. Because I'm going to show you who the quicker picker-upper is if you don't. I mean, these... <laughs> That's crazy, I know. But these are the scenarios I stand in line and have in my head. Now, I say all this and you'd think that I have nothing to do. Except sit around and think. But I am staying busy. I'm doing yard work. I am working actually from home, but I'm doing lots of things. But these are the crazy scenarios my brain has gone through. And like the one the other day when I was in the grocery store. And there's this man who's probably 110 years old singing his way up and down the aisle of the local grocery store. Cute as a bug. I'm telling you, he was so sweet. And I saw him a couple weeks ago and I actually saw him again the other day. Super sweet, always joyful, happy. He's just looking for his tuna fish, ignoring the red arrows on the floor that are telling us now that we can only go one way down each aisle and one way up each aisle. So it's easier to socially distance because yeah, we're too dumb to move away if uh, a little bit, if someone approaches us, you know, but uh, who cares really? He just needs his tuna fish. So I reached way down to get it for him because it was on the bottom shelf 
and I was afraid if he got down there, he might not get back up. And someone might be afraid to touch him to help him up. But no, here comes a grocery store employee up the aisle as this man wakes, makes his way back down it against the directional arrow on the floor in the opposite way that the red arrow tells him to go. And I'm thinking, please, grocery store employee, don't give this 110-year-old man who can barely walk a hard time and tell him he has to turn around and go all the way back down an aisle that he doesn't need anything on just so he can go all the way back up in the right direction towards the cash registers. And for goodness sakes, grocery store manager, get off the intercom sounding like your cruise director on a ship and we're all on vacation. We're excited and pleased to share with you that we now have red arrows in each aisle so you can be a part of our COVID protection program. Just follow the direction of each aisle and don't forget to smile and wave at your neighbor from a distance. Thank you for shopping with us. Stay safe and enjoy your experience. So <laughs> my confession is that they almost had a mess to clean up on aisle five because it almost made me barf. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. This... These are the things going on in my head because these are the things going on around in our society right now. So yes, those are a few of my own personal quarantine confessions. But really, I was originally thinking a bit more seriously than this about this topic, believe it or not. And the more I got into it, the more I just had to laugh and share what um, has been going on with me. So those are some of my confessions. But I was out... Uh, when I was out doing the errands I spoke of earlier, I saw a woman standing in the edge of the store at the dollar store and she was afraid to go out to her car because she just, she didn't want to go home and she didn't want to be at home yet again. And she said that as she was standing there, I asked her if she was okay. She said, I just don't want to go home. And it washed over me. What about the quarantine woman who's thinking, I don't think I can stand being alone in my house with my husband for this long. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I have to tell you. <laughs> and yes, while I have had those, those thoughts, um, it can also be a serious confession, a serious concern, because what of the woman, what, what about the woman who confesses if I'm quarantined with my husband, then he'll hit me more than he already does. Or the one who confesses, I can't do this. I need to keep busy. I'm so lonely at home. Or I'd rather take these pills and not wake up. This quarantine thing isn't keeping me safe. It's making me feel desperate. And the one who sent me a, a message on social media the other day and confessed that she's binging and purging again because she's working from home and she has no accountability. She said she does nothing but work, eat, and sleep. And what about the one who confesses that she's on Facebook and dating sites more than she is online to work during the day? And she's married. She just hasn't told her husband that's what she's doing instead of working. All these confessions got me to thinking about another woman. This woman wasn't exactly quarantined. The word quarantine means a few different things. First off, it means a restraint upon the activities or communication of a person designed to prevent the spread of disease. And it means to isolate from normal relations or communication, whether uh, self-imposed or imposed upon us. So with this in mind, what washed over me the other day occurred because of what happened when I was at the store for my mom and a woman looked at me like I had the plague, okay? Like, how dare I even come to the store? 
no, I didn't have a mask on, but she did. And she looked frightened to even be near me. We were more than six feet apart, but she just looked at me like I wasn't good enough to be near her. She gave me a dirty look. Now, maybe she just had gas. I don't know, but it sure seemed like a dirty look to me. By the time I got to my car, I felt this huge weight to remind others about this other woman in history that I wanted to talk to you about. This woman who, though she wasn't actually quarantined, she was treated like she was. She was treated with those dirty looks like this woman gave me, and even worse than that, I am sure. What might her thoughts have been, This, these confessions of this quarantined woman? No one wants to be near me. They're, they're afraid they'll catch something from me. They stand so far away from me. They won't talk to me or listen to me. They give me dirty looks. Well, fine, I don't care. They won't let me go to where I need to go to get water. I have to go way out here in the countryside instead. They won't understand what choices I've made. Do they understand that I don't know why I made some of the choices I've made? Maybe I don't understand it at all either. I'm not contagious though. I'm just different than them. Friends and listeners, do you know who I'm talking about? This woman, she was a sinner. No different than you and I are actually. <laughs> she was a Samaritan woman with a reputation for sexual sin. She'd been married five times and had a live-in boyfriend. Is that so much different than some of us today? Because I don't think that it is. And what did she have to confess? Is it similar to what you or I or any person this day and age might need to confess? Sure, it's similar. Sin is sin, and it's all similar. We just have different modes and modern ways of committing some of it. Yet she was somewhat quarantined and definitely practiced social distancing, though not totally by her own choice. What might her confessions be? And I'm not actually talking about the confessions of her sin right now in this moment. No, that's between her and Jesus, just like your sins are between you and Jesus. But what of her other confessions, confessions of this quarantined woman? Would maybe they be something like, I confess that I don't want to be at home all day. What if my boyfriend hits me again? I confess that I'm afraid to be around other people. They treat me like my sin is contagious. I confess that my heart breaks to be loved and I don't know how to be loved. And no one will even look me in the eye, let alone dare to become my friend. Would she confess that she'd rather go lay down on her bed and take some medicine and sleep? Maybe she would say, I hope I never wake up. I don't know what the answers to these are because the Bible doesn't expound too much on her life in great detail. But I can imagine what her confessions might be. Because maybe they're not so different than most of ours would be today. But this quarantined, isolated Samaritan woman saw Jesus at the well in the Judean countryside one day. That was the well she went to every day for water. And one day Jesus was there and it was hot because she went to that well about noon every day in the hottest part of the day because most of the other people would never go to the well in the hottest part of the day and lug water. That way she didn't run into other people. But the Bible tells us that one day Jesus was there. And as Jesus talked to her, she realized who he was. He revealed himself to her. And in the scriptures, we see that Jesus talks to her about being the living water. In John 4, 7 through 14, it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. 
The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, Are you... You you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water, this water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. So this woman at the well, she learned that Jesus is the living water that we need, that she needed. And when we put our faith and trust in him as the living water, we can trust in the fact that the well will never run dry. Whatever it is that we're thirsty for, because she wasn't necessarily thirsty for water, something you get out of a tap or a faucet or even a well, she was looking for something. Don't you think she was looking for something? She was she was thirsty. Why was she on uh, her sixth man, five husbands? And that's just what we know of. We don't know what boyfriends were in between, right? She was thirsty. And Jesus told her he was the living water. He will never tire of us. That's what she learned. He will never turn us away. He will never let us die of thirst. He is the unending source of peace, joy, love, self-control, truth, hope, acceptance. He will not push us away and act as if we are not good enough. As if we're diseased or we're needing to be isolated or quarantined from him. He will never distance himself from us because he is faithful to us. Even when we are not faithful to him or faithful to ourselves. So this woman, this socially quarantined woman stood next to Jesus, shared water with him, even though back then it wasn't appropriate for her to, especially since she was a Samaritan woman and she was a big time sinner, right? But she received a type of closeness from him that she never thought possible. She received a wellspring of love that would quench her thirst like five husbands and a boyfriend never could. How many of us on a day-to-day basis could confess, even before the fear of a virus swept the globe, that we feel as if we're quarantined emotionally or socially? How many of us are treated differently or pushed aside, left out, distanced from because of the way we look or what we wear or don't wear or because we have a disability or people distance themselves from us because we are too thin, too fat, the wrong race, or because we have a disability or special need. What are the confessions of those people who have felt distanced and quarantined before we ever had a global quarantine? What about the elderly, the people in nursing homes who have no family and those who are shut-ins, those who have mental health issues, who are now even more cut off in this present crisis than ever before? Yet they self-quarantined or involuntarily felt quarantined and have been cut off or sidelined, sequestered, whatever you want to call it, in a nursing home or in their own home, a psychiatric facility or a hospital. What are their confessions? I confess I feel so alone. Is that their confession? I feel as if no one cares. 
I'm tired of being sick. I'm scared. The world is so different and I don't want to be a part of it anymore. That's, is that their confession? I want someone to visit me, but they don't. I feel abandoned by my church. I feel abandoned by my family. Is that their confession? Quarantined or ostracized? What are the confessions of those who have been, who have been and are currently cut off from community and family? And what can others do about it? What can we do about it? I'll leave that up to each individual to answer that question for yourself. But I will tell you that God has something to say about how we treat others and what we should do. And part of that is in the pod quote I gave you earlier from Luke 6:31. As you wish others would do for you, so do for them. And John 15:12 says, "This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you." And trust me, God loves you. And Ephesians 4:32, "Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you." So as I move forward in and out of quarantine, I am more determined to think about not just the funny things like my husband and I working to be covert as we scoped out every store in town for toilet paper, but to think about others and what their heart confessions might be, what their fears might be, and what my Christ-like response to them should be. Am I treating someone like they're the woman at the well because I don't agree with their lifestyle and their sins are visible, where maybe mine aren't so visible to others? Or will I remember that I'm a sinner too? And then I'm no better than the woman at the well or the lady in Walmart having a bad day or the parent who's pulling her hair out trying to homeschool kids she has never had to homeschool before or the politicians making difficult decisions for the entire country. Will I judge or will I understand that we're all the same? Will I remember that we all have those confessions that are intimate, personal, sometimes heart-wrenching but they aren't that much different from mine. I pray that as I move forward, I will remember that I'm supposed to show others the love of Christ, no matter the situation. And that the confessions of this quarantine woman might not be the most serious or even the funniest, but that they matter. And so do the confessions of the quarantine men and women across the globe who have been quarantined for one reason or another long before something called COVID-19. I so appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I pray you will like this podcast. Comment. Comment. I tend to comment back. might take me a little while, but I do. And please follow me on Instagram. You can look for me under One Woman Inspired. That's the number one, followed by Woman Inspired. So search for me there and please share this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it.